Hi everyone. I trust that you're all staying healthy and safe at home. I'm glad to be able to share the word with you today. As you know, last week, last Sunday was Easter Sunday. We celebrated the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, and now it's a week later. So today's message is about the Emmaus Road experience. That's found in Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 32. Not much is told in the Bible about this route of travel or about this village called Emmaus. What we do know is that it's about seven miles from Jerusalem. And Emmaus means warm springs. So obviously it's named for the hot springs that are located there. We find these two men walking in the evening from Jerusalem to Emmaus shortly after hearing about the empty tomb and the rumors that Jesus had risen from the dead. We know that these men are disciples, that they're followers of Jesus, and one of them is named Cleopas. So now it's the third day after Jesus died, and they're walking along this road, and they're talking together. And here's what they're saying. Luke chapter 24, starting with verse 13. This is from the MRV translation, which is Mimi's revised version. Yeah, I still can't believe it. When I saw him arrive in Jerusalem last week, I was sure he was the Messiah, come to rescue us and to save us from the Romans. But I guess I was wrong. Man, I just can't believe the events of the past couple of days. It was all a lie. We had our hopes up for nothing. He couldn't have been the Messiah because he's dead now. And as the two were walking and discussing the matter, they were getting more and more discouraged and depressed. They kept going, and then a stranger joined them on the road. The stranger asked, Hey, what are you two talking about so seriously? And with a depressed sigh, Cleopas replies, Are you from out of town? Don't you know what's been happening in Jerusalem the last few days? And the stranger says, No, I haven't heard. Why? What happened? And Cleopas told the stranger all about the man named Jesus, who claimed to be the Son of God. Now let's read verses 19 through 21 from the NIV. The stranger asks, What things? About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. Cleopas continues in verses 22 to 24. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. We don't know what to make of all this. Then the stranger surprised them with his response. Look at verse 25. He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. He calls Cleopas and his friend foolish. Why are you so slow to believe everything the prophets told you? Wasn't the Messiah supposed to suffer all these things? Then the stranger gave them a history lesson on the Old Testament. All that was said concerning the Messiah that was to come. Well, by this time, they had almost arrived at their destination, and it looked like the stranger had farther to go, but Cleopas and his friend begged the stranger to stay. It was almost dark, and they'd been walking a while now, so the stranger agrees to stay with them. 
At the dinner table that evening, the stranger gave thanks for the bread. Then he broke it and he gave it to them to eat. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized the stranger as none other than Jesus himself. But right when they realized that it was Jesus, he disappeared. They looked at each other amazed and a bit scared. Look at verse 32. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They're thinking, we should have known. There was something unusual about him. They were so excited that they immediately returned to Jerusalem. Yeah, that's seven miles in the dark. Look at verses 33 to 35. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them, assembled together, and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way, and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is just one of several accounts of Jesus' post-resurrection appearances. Jesus appeared to women, he appeared to his disciples, and even to over 500 people at one time, according to Paul in 1 Corinthians 15.6. We know that Jesus appeared to the Apostle Paul years later when he was still Saul, the persecutor of Christians. It's the famous Damascus Road experience. So my question to you today is, when and how has Jesus appeared to you? When and how have you encountered the risen Lord? We hear these amazing testimonies of Muslims coming to faith because Jesus appeared to them in their dreams. Missionaries Andrew Brunson and Kent Taylor and many others, they share with us testimonies and stories coming out of Turkey. Nobody witnessed to these people, no one evangelized to them or shared the gospel with them. They had encounters with the risen Jesus in their dreams, and because of that, they became believers. Do you encounter Jesus in your dreams? Or are your encounters with Jesus more subtle? Cleopas and his friend encountered Jesus on the road to Emmaus, and yet they didn't recognize him. Hebrews 13.2 says, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Matthew chapter 25 contains a famous parable about the sheep and the goats. Let's look at it now. Matthew 25 verses 34 to 45. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, 
and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. So when we do these things for others, we're doing it for Jesus himself, as if directly serving Jesus' needs, encountering Jesus in these acts of service. During this pandemic, so many people need help, but with the social distancing that's required, it's not so easy. But we can be creative and we can still do things to reach out and to help others in Jesus' name. My 80-year-old mother, a widow, she lives alone in a single-family home. A young couple moved in next door recently with two small kids. When this all began before the mandatory lockdown, the neighbor went over to my mom's house giving her her phone number and telling her to call her if she needs anything. And every time she goes grocery shopping, she calls my mom and asks if there's anything that she needs from the store. I asked my mother for this neighbor's phone number so that I can reach out to call her and to thank her for her kindness in, towards my mom. And since English is not my mom's first language, I told her to feel free to contact me if she has any questions or any concerns regarding my mother. Well, the neighbor texted me a few days ago saying that she noticed that the grass in my mother's yard had gotten really long. And she wanted to know if my mom wanted her, or really her husband, to come over and mow her lawn for her. It's not a small yard. It's, it's almost a quarter acre, so it's a big job. I am so thankful for these neighbors. And I am so grateful for God's favor and God's faithfulness over my mother with these great neighbors. For some of us, something that we can consider doing is donating our government stimulus check to help others in need, especially if you're not experiencing financial hardship because you're still employed and you're still getting paid. All the special Easter offering from last week and any offering that Hope Church has received marked mercy were setting aside for a special mercy fund to help those in our community that may need the help. I believe that we have God moments. We have God encounters all the time. The problem is, like Cleopas and his friend, we fail to recognize them. Jesus walks with us and he talks with us, sometimes tangibly and directly, but sometimes intangibly or indirectly. But we fail to recognize him. Look back at verse 32 in our passage today. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Their hearts were burning, but they didn't or couldn't recognize him. When's the last time your heart burned for Jesus? The last time that you were on fire for him? Was it just last week during Holy Week or on Easter Sunday? Or has it been a while? For many longtime Christians, there's a danger of becoming desensitized. They become content with living off of the fumes of yesterday's encounter with Jesus, with their past experience with God. But what about the present? Do we recognize Him when He's beside us? 
Life is so full of distractions, especially now. We often become unaware of the glory and strength of the resurrection power of His presence with us every day. We're distracted by the COVID-19 updates that we're hearing in the news. We're distracted by working from home while managing our kids' distance learning, news of a recession, providing for three meals a day for our families as we're locked down together, and many, many other things that distract us. But in the midst of learning to do life differently, let's pause and reset. Take time to kindle our hearts with the fire of His presence during this epidemic, to see how He is walking and talking with us and how He's walking and talking with those around us. We just need to be more observant and to look around, to see the needs of our neighbors, also to just be able to reach out in creative ways, to be able to share the love of Christ and to truly be a neighbor to those around us. We need to pray that God would give us eyes to see, to give us His eyes that we may see things as He does. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you that you are the Almighty. We thank you that we are able to celebrate last week the resurrection of our Lord, that we serve and worship a living God. And during this pandemic, we pray, Lord, that we would be able to have eyes to see, that you would be um, allow us to be creative in the ways that we can reach out and to help our neighbors. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to pause and to reset to just change our perspective on life and on this world. Help us to draw nearer and closer to you every single day during this time of just isolation. Father, help us to seek you and draw nearer to you, God. Father, that you would reveal things to us, that you would speak to us daily as you're walking and talking with us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.